Hey, there we go. Perfect. All right. A little bit of a false start there. Uh, okay, people are showing up again. Uh, I did it again. I screwed up OBS, and then OBS decided to... <laughs> <laughs> Rambo had an Amazon bag on his head. <laughs> oh. he, he jumped into a box head first with an Amazon bag in it and got one of the bubble wrap Amazon bags up over his head and his shoulders. Yeah. And so he just started shaking violently and he knocked over uh, a bottle that I have sitting down there and knocked over a box full of packing peanuts and spread everything all over the place. Awesome. Thanks, I, Rambo. I needed a good laugh. <laughs> anyway yeah i screwed obs settings up and then youtube decided to like oh and i'm just gonna end your stream now you know like yeah, yeah that's a show hey have a nice night everyone we did it yay i've tried nothing and i'm all out of ideas <laughs> oh anyway welcome to talking heads everyone episode 202 your once week live show for the latest in beer and tech news i'm jeff I'm Rhett. Thank you so much for joining us on this Wednesday night or in podcast form over on Anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. If you've never seen the show before, we talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, pop culture, entertainment, usually some Star Trek. All Super Chats will be read on the air so long as they won't get my channel permanently demonetized. And we are drinking alcohol on the show. And if you're drinking along with us, alcoholic or not, let us know in the chat and we'll give some early show shout outs as we go along. And last but not least, if you'd like to take part in the super secret chat or the even more super secret and awesome after party, think about joining the Patreon. Link is down in the video description. As a bonus, you'll get exclusive access to my Discord server, where you can chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads, and take part in the awesome and ever-growing community that hangs out over there. Excellent. Welcome to the show, one and all. Welcome to the internet have a look around oh that is he lives rent free in my head and he has ever since june 3rd <laughs> now such a great show oh so good so good anyway welcome to the show Rhett. how's this uh this wednesday treating you been a long day jeff it's been a long day and uh this is, long the, day. this is exactly why i uh you know disagree with you every single week about having the live stream in the middle of the week. It's hump day. Granted the beers, they're going to re refuel me, get me through to Friday. Uh, I'm going to need them. Going to need them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, some, some weeks it's like, uh, I got to do the show. Not, not quite like that, but it's like, man, I just want to kick back and, and play a video game or something like I'm in. I'm kind of like, I just want to go relax mood. I don't want to have to go back to work. Yeah. And then some weeks it's like, I'm totally amped to do the show and let's let's totally do this. And then some weeks it's like, I'm really glad we have the show, because if I was drinking alone, that would be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's for me. I think like days like this, I, I really lean on it and look forward to it as a way to sort of like unplug and yeah. kind of kick off a bad day so not kick off a bad day kick out a bad day yeah that sounds good to me anyway let's go ahead and start this show off right uh what do you got to drink tonight yeah i've got uh from nightmare brewing the blood eagle um and a, a fan of the show sent this in 
for the life of me, I can't remember who though. So I do apologize for that. I'm I wish he was here to hear me. But anyway, the Blood Eagle is a delightful Scandinavian sour ale soured on lingonberries, hawthorn berries, cloudberries, and comice pears with strawberries, plums, and tart cherries. Um yeah, I'm really looking forward to drinking it. Anybody who knows anything about, uh, you know, kind of Scandinavian folklore, um, the Blood Eagle was was pretty metal, and we got some pretty metal um, can art printed on here. Um, I was just asking everybody, um, not everybody, you, and then you were gone. Uh, <laughs> who who sent this to us? Uh, that one, I believe, was Novella Hub. I'm pretty sure okay. that one See, came I, from Novella. I kind of thought it was Novella Hub, but... Yeah. Um, I don't see him in chat, so I don't know. But anyway, I do appreciate it. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to crack it right now and pour it into a glass. So. Excellent. I have no idea what I'm drinking tonight. And I there's a six-pack sitting right next to me. I actually haven't looked at it yet. Uh, so this was beer mail that arrived literally like Thursday morning uh, last week uh, from good friend John over on the East Coast. Uh and so I figured I would just crack a couple of these off, and uh, that's what I'm going to drink tonight. Uh, so first off, we've got Prague. Oh, that's a cool can. That is a cool can. I dig that. Uh, yeah, it's the, uh, the English crest coat of arms, but it has... A bong, a tea cat, or a beer stein, headphones, and a Korg uh, MIDI synthesizer. <laughs> it's called Prague. Uh, that is from Single Cut Brewery. Double dry hop IPA, 7.7%. Next up, we've got also from Single Cut, uh, Fuzzbox. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So we got like music. I, I am, I am digging those. That is cool. Yeah, a little uh, little fuzz pedal, I'm assuming. Yeah. Next up from Lord Hobo Brewing. Oh, that is an amazing brewery name. Lord Hobo Brewing, uh, Diablo Gato, uh, New England Double IPA. Nice. Eight uh, percent. Ooh, we got a Trinity on here. Trinity Strawberry with handwritten Sharpie <laughs> on the front of it. Uh, <laughs> If you got to get a can approved, that's the way to do it. So Trinity Brewing Strawberry Ale. We've got, again, from Lord Hobo, Boom Sauce, a 7.8% double IPA. Got to get that Boom Sauce. Boom Sauce. And finally, from Some Brewing Company. <laughs> Some. <laughs> uh, this is the Peanut Butter Whoopie Pie. 6.3%. That'd be a nice dessert beer to finish off the night. Uh, you know what? I The uh, the, the crest, the, the coat of arms, Prague is kind of calling to me for that uh, that amplifier on the, or that synthesizer on the front of it. I so dig it. I think that's what cool. we're going to have. Single cup brewing Prague, a double dry hopped IPA. John says uh, that's the brewery that did the notes with the guitar picks. Yeah, they were uh, 
I was talking to John about this brewery, not John from this show, John, one of my one of my patrons who sent over this beer um, about a music themed uh, brewery and, and brew house. And uh, I guess when you're getting flights, they put the notes on guitar picks for you. Oh, cool. <laughs> that's pretty sweet. You know, which one is which? Like, yeah, that's that's a cool idea. I like I like when tap houses do unique things for identifying you know flights because that's usually what i get when i go to a bar is i i'm not a grab a pint of a of an ipa or something like that when i go to a bar because or tap house because i'm there to try different beers and i'd like to have more than one so flights way to go i'm telling you nice well that is uh hey, both great, of our beers ranked the same on on untapped so there Four you go point one I'll let you know if that's accurate. Yeah, mine's a mine's a four point one. Oh, oh, now that's good. Ooh, that is really good. Uh, there's like a, it's a hazy IPA, but there's this center and finish on it that's very very light and almost like lemon meringue pie. Uh. That I, that's tasty. <laughs> Dang, it looks good. Mm-hmm. Oh, all right. I'm feeling better now. How about you all? Who who's all in the chat? Uh, we got Kuma Flu drinking a uh, Big Rig Brewing Company Alpha Bomb Hazy IPA. It's a juicy hazy. That sounds delicious cork solution another amazing name uh knob creek rye angostura bitters orange peel and a two inch ice cube undoubtedly had a long week that is one of my all-time favorite go-to relaxing versions of an old-fashioned uh even if you don't put simple in it just a couple of dashes of bitters an orange peel and a tall couple of fingers of rye <laughs> that is an excellent uh taking a break drink indeed uh, Cretton's having a cup of tea uh, and also sends over five Aussie dollars and says, good day. How's it going, man? Good day. Good day. I won't do the voice. Yeah, you, you, I already, you I promised everyone it. last time. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was goading you into it. <laughs> what I, was maybe happening. that's what it is. Uh, everybody was such a good sport. Yep. Now, if, if you want to go true Aussie, you go, how good? <laughs> oh Ooh. yeah michael stevens drinking alamo malbec and argentinian red wine malbec is is my go-to red i, I always got, got to keep a bottle on the shelf so awesome physics got a jameson and ginger Oof, that Ooh. sounds really good tonight i love a good jameson and ginger yeah. jeff knows yep I, I turned you on to those when we went to CES because yep. I said you you go to parties half the time it it's it's open bar, but half of those times it's well open bar. And so your your shots of Jack and Jim and your peach vodka and the, that's all free, you know, whatever you want and whatever cocktails you want made with the well. But uh, I said, usually they'll have a they'll have a bottle of scotch out. Um, and so what you do is do a scotch and ginger because it's great. It's refreshing. You stay somewhat hydrated. There's not quite as much sugar in, in ginger 
either soda or ginger beer, whatever, whatever they give you. And, yeah. uh, great, great. Just all around sipping drink. I love it. I was put onto it. There was this Japanese restaurant. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to butcher it. So I'm not even going to try and say it, but it's in Eugene Buddy. and their signature cocktail. I don't know. I guess it's, I don't, don't know if it's technically a cocktail, but it was whiskey and ginger concentrate. So you get like extra bite. Um, and ever since then, man, I can't get enough ginger in my cocktails. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the, the Jameson and ginger at that party, I was going to be polite, but nobody was drinking the Jameson and nobody was drinking the ginger. <laughs> oh, that party. Right. Yeah. So I took I'm it upon sure himself. I drank, I drank all the ginger beer, I think. And maybe I, 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 kinda... I stole a couple of them from you, but you had most of it. I do sort of recall somebody was like, oh, what's that like? And I was like, let me make you one before I drink them all. Um, so, you know, if y'all ever want to, if y'all ever want to argue about, you know, the Phantom Menace with me, you just get, you get me some, some Jameson and gingers and we'll hash it out, you know? Right. We'll go to town with it. Speaking of going to town, let's go ahead and get into today's tech news. Starting with, uh, an issue on a product that I might have to deal with before too long. Uh, Apple has supposedly been hit with a class with, sorry, a pair of clash action lawsuits over cracking M1 MacBook Air and MacBook Pro displays. Uh, so for those who don't know, this is Apple's latest revision of their MacBook Air and MacBook Pro 13 inch. Um, they essentially share the same screen, just a slightly different chassis on the bottom. Uh, and uh, that's about it. But they're all powered by Apple's M1 processor, and they all have the same specs. Uh, the issue seems to be that the displays are under so much tension or have such tight tolerances that the act of opening and closing your display, no matter how gingerly, uh, is cracking displays like people aren't dropping their laptops they're not running them over with cars they're just opening them as you normally would and the displays are shattering and on these systems they're 500 for a new display because apple decided the best policy would be to fuse the thinnest possible glass they could find onto a uh a tft ips screen because they wanted to shave an extra quarter millimeter off of it. This could be, I could have the wrong story, but when I first became aware of this story the other day, it was just scrolling through Twitter. And uh, I, I wish I had better credentials for this than just like a guy on Twitter, right? But <laughs> he had a pretty extensive thread about... <clears throat> how it seemed a lot of the screen cracking issues were coming because people were putting camera covers on their screens and then closing the lid and that extra pressure right from the cover was what was damaging it um i don't know if that's i i feel like i feel like you know a lot of people use those things when they could just use like a little ripped piece of post-it note. Yeah, they'll go out um, and buy a product instead of grabbing a piece of electrical tape. 
Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. A piece of post-it note or a piece of painter's tape isn't going to leave any residue you have to worry about on there. So yeah, slap that bad boy over. But yeah, they get these little things, they slide them over, they close and uh, and open their laptop and then it cracks. Um, If that's the case, like, hey, don't do that. If you are spending this much money to get a freaking MacBook, you should just not do that. However, if this is caused by just normal, you know, wear and tear, except, you know, um, the, you know, th- th- this is pretty unacceptable if, if it's just from normal use, uh, I guess it'll be, uh, we'll have to keep our eyes on this one. Yeah. Uh, I'll especially be keeping a close eye on this one as I own a 13 inch yeah. MacBook M1. Well, you know, I was thinking about it when I was buying one and I thought, oh, you know, like, and that was kind of the price point I settled on because I was totally ready to go out and buy a MacBook Pro. But I'm just like, I am not in the Apple ecosystem. <laughs> like I have ne- the the last Apple product I bought was like a second or third generation iPod touch, you know, like, yeah, that was the only Apple product I bought, you know, so. I've I've bought some Apple products over the years. Let me tell you. Now, the MacBook Pro was the first Apple product I had bought in over three years uh, because I was so irritated with the way they had treated me for a right to repair issue. Um, and so I said, nope, I'm done and switched to Android. Never looked back um, yeah. and have loved the, the transition overall. Uh, I, I have yeah. no had no problems with the transition whatsoever. Um, but the MacBook kind of enticed me back over. Yeah, that's kind of where I was too. Um, I ended up getting something that was way less powerful, but uh, had that that similar form factor. So pretty pretty pleased with it. But yeah, would have enjoyed the power of the M1 chip. <laughs> the M1's pretty dope. Uh, yeah, I've I've been really happy with it. In fact, I've mentioned a couple times that uh, I purchased a Mac. Uh, a Mac mini M1 simply to run my 3D printer s- setup at. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's what I use to get into Octoprint. And it's where I do all of my CAD work, uh, all of my my 3D design and sending to printer, whatever it is, That that's what it happens on now. Yeah. And it's been amazing for that. Oh, I bet. Okay. Let's see. Apple's still in the news. What's that? Oh, I was going to say the net guy. $1,500 device and you have to use masking tape on it? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Lenovo well, includes though. a shutter. Yeah, yeah, but have you considered how a shutter would interfere with the 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 principal design and and, and design language of, of the the Mac? I mean, it's, yeah. you can't yeah. put a price on that. I'm pretty sure Steve Jobs will said no shutters. Sorry, bro. Yeah, but it also said keep the leather binding on uh, on the the to do app. Uh, does anyone remember that that the in iOS the the original um, was to do or the memos app or something like that? One of the apps was like a leather bound book skin, like one of the yeah yeah. I don't remember that, but that sounds yeah. very Apple. Yeah, it, it was. Well, yeah, it wasn't just any leather bound book skin, Jeff. It was actually a it, photorealistic it was, copy. No, it was a spiral bound like leather notebook. 
and that's what you kept memos in. That was the memos app that Apple designed. Fair enough. Fair enough. I just think Steve Jobs wanted his own leather on display after he was gone. And so he knew some people. Very well could have been. I heard it was the same leather he had in his plane. So. (laughs) Oh, all right. What else we got? Another Apple story. Apple is working on iPhone features to help detect depression and cognitive decline. Yeah. Um, mm, mine's behind a paywall. But you don't pay for Wall Street Journal? I pay for local news. What else do you want from me? I'm supporting local journalism. I don't even pay for Statesman. (laughs) (laughs) I don't pay for the Statesman either. I pay for Salem Reporter. Mm -hmm. So uh, the Statesman, though, though, they they do. They're getting better, I think. They're getting back on track. But yeah. um, Yeah, this is an interesting one, uh, this Apple story, because they're essentially like they're eventually saying, like, you can use our software to diagnose autism Mm -hmm. which like if you know anybody with autism like that's kind of like a hugely disrespectful like idea that like oh you can just tell you can tell from how i move from right mannerisms from yeah um and there's more to it than that you know obviously um just the the amount of data and things that they would be collecting from this to me is problematic and there's all sorts of all sorts of problematic ideas in here not that it's not that it's not interesting or intriguing or like the science behind it is great. Right. But like, (laughs) right. I don't know. Right. Um, yeah, I will say I was totally behind Apple in the, the Apple watch, uh, starting to integrate, uh, EKGs outside of just normal, uh, pulse oximeters. Uh, so actually, you know, detecting heart arrhythmias and heart attacks and things like that. Uh, that's a hugely important and awesome thing that I think they're doing. Uh, but where do we draw that line? Where right. where does it go from, uh, you know, like, boy, I was wearing my Apple Watch and I found out I was having a heart attack and, and right. it called 911 for me. And, you know, right. like, where do we go from like that dystopian future to the uh, Jerry arriving back on Earth and Rick and Morty and them going, uh, you seem depressed <laughs> and shoving yeah. his face full of pills. And he goes, I'm better now. Like, where's right. where's well, that, that line? That's the interesting idea, because I think a lot of people who are familiar with any like, you know, mental health care, it's hugely unethical for a person to diagnose like a doctor to diagnose someone without speaking to them, Mm -hmm. without seeing them in person. Like that was like the big deal, like in, you know not the big deal, but in politics, you know, four or five years ago, people were saying like, yeah, we can't diagnose a politician with like narcissism over Twitter. (laughs) You know, we can't diagnose somebody. Well, I think we can now. Well, like, yeah, (laughs) hindsight's a gift, you know, it's 2020, but, uh, (laughs) but you know, there is the question and, and whether or not we actually can or not, like, Mm -hmm. it's this question of like, ethics and morality and it's like okay this is a 
computer algorithm snapping a photo of your face or tracking your eye movements while you're reading the Wall Street Journal, and it's saying you're depressed or you're a narcissist or or you have early onset dementia or something, which I'm right. sure there are a lot of telltale physical signs and things like this, but I'm interested to see where the science goes. I'm interested to see, I'm interested to hear how they might implement it. Yeah. Uh, and to be clear, this isn't just an Apple project. This is a collaboration between uh, Biogen, which is a pharmaceutical company uh, and which uh, uh, studies uh, depression and anxiety and, and mental mental illnesses and, and mental unwellness. Uh, also with the University of California, as well as UCLA. Uh, so this is actually kind of a, a cool thing that they're looking into. But again, I have to question ethics, morality. Where is right. that line between Robin Williams in Bicentennial Man and Terminator? You know, right. where where do we draw that? Right. When, well, when do the three thing. laws kick in? I <laughs> right. Right. I know. They should have kicked in already. Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of the interesting thing, right? Because the sheer amount of people that are carrying these products in their pockets means that the scope of some of these types of projects and the acceleration which they can they can move is just unprecedented like that was what was kind of an interesting and neat idea um when they were looking at like hey how can we track uh you know the spread of certain illnesses um especially you know a year ago Contact 18 months tracing, ago right right and but unfortunately, nobody was interested in that because, oh, it's so invasive and blah, 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 blah. But like that could have been a huge boon uh, to people who are fighting this, you know. So I think maybe there's something there that could be kind of interesting because yeah. I'm not all doom and gloom about tech. I definitely don't like the idea of Apple doing it. But like you said, they're right. partnering with other people. There's other other hands um, in, you know, in the cookie jar. Right. Uh, I... I pick and choose who I give my data to and what data I give to them. Um, as much as I love tech and as much as I love automation and and uh, and AI and, and and all this other development that's going on, um, Google owns my soul and Apple owns probably a, a thirty percent second mortgage on it. Like, like I, I understand that, but that's my laptop and. It's my business. It's it's literally the way I run my business. And so I'm okay with that. I'm at peace with yeah. that. Um, yeah. I don't have uh, an echo. I don't have a dot. I don't have a, I'm avoiding saying all the keywords. Um, I don't have a, <laughs> hey, hey, you know, black box. I don't have one of those because I, I also don't have text-to-speech enabled on any of my machines. I don't have, I'm not to mm -hmm. the point of like putting up, you know, webcam shutters, uh, but I'm very cautious and cognizant of the software that I download and, mm -hmm. and what actually runs on my computer, not in a sandbox. And so yeah. I'm okay with some aspects of my life being very well known. But I don't need some artificial intelligence triggering a wrong keyword when I'm talking to my wife. Like yeah. that's that's not right. And yeah. and the com companies shouldn't own that information. Governments shouldn't own that, that that information. That information should stay right here. And so yeah, yeah that that's kind of where I stand on all that. And 
it's kind of hard to be a tech enthusiast in 2021 with that kind of outlook and that kind of mindset where you don't want every single aspect of your life to be cloud connected. I don't have a ring yeah. doorbell because I don't trust Amazon. I don't have and a- And they give all their information to the cops, Jeff. Right, I, I don't have a Google Nest because I don't trust Google with that particular information. I don't have this, I don't have that. Um, I want to do home automation stuff. I would love to do smart home stuff, but the level that smart home stuff is at for self-hosted, self-contained, uh, you literally have to spend like six months studying it because I'm not a programmer, nor do I pretend to be one. Mm. Um, I have friends who are programmers and they could probably knock me up something in a couple of minutes and and train me how to use things and whatnot. And I'm talking about like uh, uh, IO Home or uh, home automation, that kind of software where you self-host it on a server and it turns your lights on at 6 a.m. and turns them off at 6, at 6 p.m. and... Uh, on Wednesdays, it flashes the strobe light three times at you when you pull into your driveway to remind you to take the trash out. Like, <laughs> like you can program all that kind of stuff in. Um, and it's really cool. And I would love to have full smart home functionality. But like I said, 18 months ago, when I moved into my new house, uh, I want it, but I also want it self-contained and self-controlled. Yeah. And I haven't found that system yet. We'll get there. Someday there'll be like a a fully realized like open source platform. Um, in the meantime, you know, you got to go with one of the big three probably, but um, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Oh, next I guess up. I, I finally did um, change from regular audacity to dark audacity mm. <laughs> so doesn't that blow your mind wait I wait till you get to adobe audition dark mode well it's not just dark mode right it's yeah. like th this this was like a fork way back like and version oh, okay. you know like 2.5 or whatever and they're like they're like well we do want a dark mode audacity but like let's strip out some of the like superfluous you know gimmicky things and make it just a normal thing but since it's a fork way back at version 2.5, it avoids all the like, you know, whether or not it was all blown out of proportion, like all the telemetry issues and Which things. It was, like, but still. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's still all in there. And there's like a couple like very broad, um, yeah. you know, clauses in there that I'm just like, mm, I mean. Right. Like, why would law enforcement need my <laughs> <laughs> data, you know, from Audacity? Right. Uh, yeah. I Go through and read the terms of service of when you uh, are submitting like bug reports and crash reports to to various companies. Like if I'm playing an indie game and it crashes and I've read the 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 report terms of service and I agree with it and they're just taking, you know, crash data and a crash log and and whatnot. It's like, yeah, that's cool. Uh, when Chrome crashes, they're allowed to take a memory dump. <laughs> <laughs> right uh like what were the last 30 websites you visited like there's there's more entailed than than just a uh you know i clicked on this button and then this happened so yeah make sure to, to read through again the software that you're running because yeah. i i'm happy to help out developers i'm happy to to give feedback to developers but 
there's a line. And again, where is that line as far as what's my information and what information can you have? Right. Uh, John Jay says, if I do drink the Trinity strawberry, uh, that it might for make for a very interesting show because it's possibly a 12 and a half percent. Uh, cause his friend is the lead brewer and doesn't always do math right. <laughs> so, and then further down, he, uh, he said, uh, apparently they put in 330, uh, pounds of strawberries, uh, into this batch. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, Michael, Jeff, do you play bass? I do play bass. Do you have a bass in the background or something? Where do you get that from? I don't know. It's kind of a random... Yeah, but yes, no, I am a bass player, actually. I've, I've got my uh, Schecter Studio Stiletto 6 hanging up on the wall. I hate the name for the alliteration, but good God, is it a beautiful axe. <laughs> Schecter makes legit stuff. I, I don't yeah. got my Schecter behind me, but um, I've got a Schecter guitar that's just, just slays. Mm -hmm. That thing is... Mm. Yeah, no, I, I love Schecter guitars. Um but no, this bass, I, I've told this story before, but I, I lost it after this bass for like three years. Uh, they're about $800. They're not, they're, they're kind of like right on that line of like, uh, I, I'm happy enough playing that I want to buy some better equipment and just going straight up professional equipment. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, $800 for an axe is, yeah. is a decent amount that of change. Schecter to me is like the premier economy brand. Right. Like right. they are like their stuff is high quality. It's top tier, but it's economic. It's, you know, you get a lot of bang for your buck. I uh, said he just watched an older video and saw my acoustic in the background. Yeah. Uh, boy, that must have been an older video because I actually haven't had the acoustic down here in a long time. Uh, in fact, the last time my acoustic was in my office would have been the house before the last house would have been you know, two houses ago. The, the original, the original studio, studio. not well, the original, not the original, original studio, studio, because I had three different studios in that house. I, I so, kept growing into bigger and bigger rooms. Yeah. Uh, he's got a slap in that bass vibe. <laughs> not going to lie. Honestly, had a feeling that Jeff would be a precision jazz Yamaha kind of guy. <laughs> he, uh, does got a, he does got that like pre precision jazz face, doesn't he? Y you know, and what's really <laughs> funny is I'm totally a precision jazz player. <laughs> uh, so I, I grew up learning how to play clarinet and saxophone and uh, was graduating high school and actually started my college education uh, wanting to be a music education major. I wanted to be a band teacher or a music teacher of some kind, um, whether it was, you know, private instruction or tutoring or, you know, full-on band teacher, college teacher, whatever. Um, about a year into that, I started thinking about, number one, like, how do I, like, start making money with music and whatnot, but also thinking back to all of the esteemed band teachers that I had had in my in my, you know, seven, eight, nine year career at that point. Uh, and how many of them had been in that job for 30 years and how there's not like any second and third tier positions. It's, it's those jobs and that's it. 
Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, man, I would kind of like to like get a job after college and and whatnot. So I made the decision to switch over to IT. And yeah. that was it. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, but no, I was I was going to be a musician for a living. And in fact, still played in a number of bands after high school. But yeah, classically trained. And then I went, well, I'm probably not going to pick up the clarinet for any you know meaningful thing in the next 30 years. I might as well teach myself something I can actually play and enjoy. So I picked up bass. There you go. Jeff's origin story. And now I've been playing bass a lot longer than I played clarinet. Yeah, isn't that the weird thing about getting older? Yep. Like all of these things that feel like such a staple part of you or such a huge integral piece of you were like four years. Yeah. And the rest of your life is much longer than that. <laughs> Boy, one of these one of these times I need to do a Patreon viewing of me as a featured soloist. There you go. <laughs> yep we're waiting uh, for it yeah me being backed by a uh 90 piece orchestra playing the Artie Shaw clarinet concerto there you go we're waiting for it yep we might have to do that one of these days i'll have to break out the vhs <laughs> it's time to digitize that bad boy i wish i was joking <laughs> Jeff, a lot of people have, you know, memories of their younger days on tape. Yeah, yeah, but it wasn't in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yep. <laughs> uh, and I paid money for that, too, and I was the freaking soloist. <laughs> I had to buy my <laughs> own copy. It was ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, do it. Uh, playing on a buffet oboe. Uh, I had a buffet R13 clarinet. Played alto sax back in elementary school. Awesome. Yeah. Every bass player plays jazz and precision. Hello. <laughs> I've met bass players who don't play precision. <laughs> <laughs> they were not about that bass. I don't know. I don't know. Uh -huh. Yeah. See, that's kind of the fun thing about music is, eh, you know, everybody kind of gets a taste of it when they're younger. Yeah. And you could either run with that or if you want to just like keep going like casually, you can switch gears and yeah. and pick up something else and have fun with it. It's one of the things like I, I always tell people because I got friends who like they like they can't even play a game without getting obsessed about this idea of going pro and all this i'm like you wouldn't pick up a guitar with the intention of going pro right like nobody picks up their guitar and starts strumming out you know some chords whatever they're playing freaking uh i don't know hotel california they're like i'm gonna be the next joe walsh you watch <laughs> like <laughs> That's kind of what's fun about music in some ways is that it's I think yeah, pe it's like, people going, I'm going to I'm going to be the next Pantera. You know, the problem with Pantera is Pantera is Pantera. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's one of the fun things about it is that I think it is one of like the last hobbies in like this, this like TikTok world where you don't have to be, yeah. you know, the next Dimebag Daryl. You could just have fun and play. 
Yeah. So. But yes, I am a bass player. And that's a great segue to uh, today's video sponsor, Linode. Let's see if I can click on the right one this time. Hey, there we go. <laughs> Today's episode of Talking Heads is brought to you by Linode. If you've ever wanted to host your own servers, whether it be for home or business use, but don't have the resources or time to invest into hardware, power, cooling, and even space, why not let Linode host them for you? If it runs on Linux, it'll run on Linode. That includes the software from most of the tutorials on my channel, like how to run your own ad-blocking recursive DNS server, VPN gateways, your own cloud-based Plex server, and more. Linode makes it simple to deploy and manage your own cloud services, with solutions ranging from a single shared CPU to massive multi-core virtual machines. They even offer dedicated RTX 6000 GPUs for rendering or machine learning. With shared CPU plans starting at as little as $5 per month and scaling up to as high as you need to go, you'll be able to find a hosting plan that fits your needs. And even if you do host your own servers, you can always use Linode to keep a backup off-site. Because remember, RAID is not a backup. Visit linode.com slash craftcomputing and get a $100 60-day credit when starting a new account. That's linode.com slash craftcomputing. And thanks again to Linode for sponsoring today's episode. Thank you, thanks, Linode. Thanks, Linode. Rhett can live another day now. Yes, I can. <laughs> I thank you for you and your money. We do got a super chat. Yes. We got a couple super chats got two that we them. missed. Yeah. Number one from Ryan Sharp, $4.99 in freedom dollars. Went to a beer fest at the Chicago Zoo over the weekend with my GF and learned something about myself. I still don't like beer. Tried kombucha, though. Hey, nothing wrong with not liking beer. Right. It took me quite a while. I was probably really didn't enjoy beer until... I was in my... I, I want to say mid, but late twenties <laughs> when I, I started enjoying beer. Yeah, I think I was mid twenties for sure. Like yeah. I could drink some of the like easy drinking stuff. Like I could, you know, I I enjoyed drinking like Blue Moons and you know Widmer. Oh yes, my mid to late twenties. You know, a decade ago. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> my mid to late twenties, just a few years ago. Can't y'all tell how young and vibrant I look? Remember it like it was yesterday. <laughs> when was it? Three days ago. <laughs> Another super chat from Scott, $5. Speaking of music, I'm about to buy an audience uh, ID14 Mark II and an RE320 mic. Ooh, I don't know about the audience, but I do know about the RE320s. Those are, those are freaking sweet. Should go well with my Martin D15. Ooh. Nice. Very nice. Then Harley chimes in with another $5. Thank you, Harley. Costco has their German beer advent calendar if it isn't sold out already. Um, John actually picked one of those up a couple of years ago. And it was overall like, eh. Like, like there were some good beers in there. But there's a lot of just like regular German beer following German purity laws ending up at a 5.2% lager. And... At the price that Costco is charging for 24 beers, that's usually, what, 45 or $50 for that advent calendar. I'd rather go buy a couple of cases of Ninkasi and do my own <laughs> advent calendar. You know, get a, get a stone in a Ninkasi variety pack and just go wild with it. Right. 
You know what we need to do? You know what we need to do? We need to do a craft computing advent calendar um, with the hosts, where each host buys um, two 12-pack variety packs, and we have to do all different. And then we all get essentially 24 beers. That's a great idea. And and with four of us, we could actually do that where there's no duplicates, I believe, if my math is correct. If we Probably. get if we, yeah, if we get a four pack, you give three to the other person and you get three different beers back. There you go. Okay. So I think a All craft right. computing advent calendar is in order. I, I, think I think we need so. to I think we need to make that happen. Just the way Jesus would have wanted it. <laughs> That's right. You know, he was really big into wine. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, I I think he, he preferred it to water. It. So. Yeah, he seemed like a pretty chill dude. He was just like, "Yo, just be chill," you know. Chill. Be good, yo. He had a way with words. <laughs> he was way him. smoother than I am. <laughs> uh, yeah. Someone asked Jesus, "What is the greatest commandment?" And he said, "Be chill, yo." See. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but, you know, <laughs> for those who don't know, it was uh, uh, love uh, the Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. So essentially be chill, yo. Yeah, but like love the Lord God with all your heart and strength, like that's not very chill. Heart, mind, soul and strength. Yeah, that's no. the opposite of chill. Yeah, that's work. <laughs> terrible phrasing <laughs> we probably oh we do got another super chat but then we probably got to get to this chinese story over here uh i i got uh, i got harley that was the costco chat about the german beers that, yeah that led us Ryan to the Sharp. calendar oh he literally yeah you're ahead of me apparently oh finally just the way I like it. Make a calendar with 12 GPUs and provocative poses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can I get one spun out by January? I bet I could. Yeah, probably. Why not? I bet I could. And they get racier and racier as they go along. Like I get some dual fan uh, models and, and, you know, like one of the fans is removed. and. <laughs> That's too risque. Yeah, I, that's too risque. I, I I end with like one of my Tesla dual GPUs, just completely bare PCB. <laughs> that that's Miss November. She's bad. <laughs> Thou must be chill. Yeah, <laughs> be chill, yo. All right. Well, I'm at the end of my can. Uh, how you doing on your beverage over there? My oh, as somebody pointed out 15 minutes ago, I've been you've been running dry for beer number two. Uh, yeah, you know, just all right. All right. You know, be chill, yo. You can you can press the issue a little bit. I'm not going to yeah. be offended. I drained the last one, so it behooves me to allow you to catch up. Yeah. So, well, you know. I'm I'm here. I've, I've got a 12 five sitting next to me. I don't need well, no catching up. I uh, I went fancy with the Blood Eagle, and I'm going to go staple with the Deschutes Brewing Fresh Haze IPA. There you go. So, you know, nothing Not too one. special. Um, 
The Lord Hobo doth beckon to me. Uh, I'm going to go with the Boom Sauce. Lord Hobo Brewing Boom Sauce. 7.8% double IPA. And the Lord Hobo did declare, be chill, yo. <laughs> be chill, yo. <laughs> I think I need to make that shirt. We've been talking about shirt ideas. I think just be chill, yo. That's a pretty good one. That's a good With one. Just like a real nice fan on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just like a real sexy water block. Yeah. Be chill, oh, yo. yeah. No, that's perfect. Get See? like Get like a mono block picture on there be chill yo see i Who knows what's up i th i think that might be a product you know what else is i think is going to be a product the whole buffalo that's got to <laughs> be a thing <laughs> i left it in there just for you yeah yeah oh i i had cut it all the way out and i was like and i i was putting together and i i got to the beer roll and i was like oh I put it in the beer roll just in case. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I was like, yeah, uh, th there's quite the blooper coming out where I said something just off the cuff and uh, and I literally couldn't make it through the rest of the take and started laughing and laughed for about five minutes straight. The, f the funny thing is, is that you said it so confidently and so well. And I was like, and he said it and I, and my mind was just racing with like, what an evocative phrase. Like I've <laughs> right. never heard that for like tech before. Like, right. Kudos. <laughs> and then you stopped and you started laughing. You're like, I, I, I don't even know where that came from. And I, I was like, oh man, you shattered it. I was hoping I could keep it in there, but you went and like, you know, you I, I made it to like and... the third of the last word and just busted up laughing and literally couldn't stop laughing for a solid two minutes. <laughs> I was just sitting there staring at the parts in front of me on the table, just yeah. giggling. It, it was funny. So I, I had to do something with it. And, you know, I don't get too much of a chance to to play around with, you know, doing fun little goofy things in, in Premiere all that much. So I was like, I'll just I'll mess around with it. I'll take. I'm surprised you didn't take the clip of me trying 30 takes at saying the name of my motherboard. <laughs> the Azrock Rack Rome D8. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's some things that Azrock Rack, Azrock Rock. Azrock Rack. <laughs> There's some things that are funny like as I'm editing. I like I first of all, I love watching you repeat yourself. Um it Have you noticed I, things? I laugh my butt off. And it, but I think about trying to make that like put it at the end as a blooper, you know, and I'm like, nobody's going to th think this is as funny as I am, you know? Right. Maybe they will. Who knows? But. They probably would. They probably <laughs> would. Um, so Rhett knows that even, like I I fully script probably about at least half of my videos, if not more. Um, but. I'll sit down and I'll write a first draft and then I'll read through it and not make a lot of corrections. It's it's like my, all my thoughts are there on paper. They might need subtle tweaking, but the only tweaking that it's going to need is does this phrase flow correctly when I'm saying it? Do, does my writing translate to spoken text just as well? Um, and so I will do a lot of workshopping while I'm reading the teleprompter. And... Uh, 
that includes the delivery of the line and and the emphasis that I'm putting on certain words and things like that. And uh, so I will get like I might do one line 10, 12, 15 times and you can see me building the emphasis and getting the hand motions for like what I'm trying to do with my hands all at the same time. And but then I'll screw up on the same word seven times in a row. <laughs> yeah. I've always thought it would be really fun to do like a year end supercut of just like all of your mispronunciations of words <laughs> or like, or maybe just taking like all of your conversations like with me or with yourself and like putting them into like one long, you know, <laughs> I feel like there's something there. <laughs> Speaking of Apple being too invasive into my mental health. <laughs> I <laughs> It's just, I don't know, you know, you get going and it, and it's like, it, there's all these little things that just make me cackle like a madman. I'm like, no one else is going to think this is as funny. It's like, I'm, you know, I'm burying my soul here for you. Rhett. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's why, that's why I had to keep that blooper line in the last, I was like, I've let too many of these pass me by. Yep. I, I got to do something with them. And, and I'm trying to be hands off with the editing. And so if you put it in there, it's, it's in there. You should have seen the first cut that I did of that, man. I, I was just like, I'm going to go. I don't know why. Obviously, I, you know, you should have slowed at least one of the cuts down the whole I, th And I thought that when I went to bed last night and I was like, oh, that's what I was. Cause I was thinking like, well, how do, how do other YouTubers do that? And I was like, yeah. oh, son of a gun. They probably just slow it down. Yeah. They do the slow <laughs> crop in. So they do, they do two total crop ins, So three total yeah. takes the same take every time. Uh, but it gets slower and slower and sometimes black and white. Yeah. Yeah. I, or they'll I, over contrast it or, you know, add color, color tones and things like that. Yeah. I was going to have the camera go all like topsy turvy, like do a little loop de loop on your face. Yeah. <laughs> um oh god yeah it would have been great but i i just i just settled for this this the pan in the zoom in yeah which it was a nice zoom in you know not too bad yeah premiere did all the work it's a good camera so yeah and exactly it's me like you should have seen how close I got in the first ones too. And I was like, there is no way he's going to keep this one in <laughs> the whole. <laughs> oh, you know, that's an interesting blend of new England style IPA and West coast IPA. It is, I won't say crystal clear. It's a little bit murky, but you can still, there's a lot of light going through that. Um, that is, it is a dank, dank hot profile like I've not tasted before. Uh, so I, I usually go to this, but it's hard because it's a regional reference and that's block 15. So mm -hmm. it, this is a block 15 beer. If they used East coast hops, that's what this is. Interesting. Um, where it's not citrusy, but it's also not the the earthy and herbal hops that we get here. There's something else there. There's there's this almost like celery kind of bitterness to it. Um, so it's it's vegetal, but it's not Oregon Northwest vegetal. It's 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 a different species it's, of grass, is what it is. 
is vegetal a word? Um, you know, I have no idea if it is or not, but I've been using it for years. And at this point, I'm committed. So <laughs> yeah, here's to getting it added to the dictionary. I'm all behind you. Vegetal. Of relating to or the nature of plants or vegetables. Oh, wow. Vegetal. Okay. Wow. Just let me eat a nice piece of crow here. Stand corrected, sir. No, I just <laughs> thought I thought it was a great word. I was like, is that is that a word? Vegetal. But it is, it everybody. Is. It's a word. Let me be the first to tell you. Um, now, I will say I've never once looked up that word. I just have been using that word and hoping it's been correct. So. That's one that somebody would get in a fight with you over on Scrabble. Right. They'd be like, no. <sighs> um, what was that? Uh, Conan O'Brien and... Uh, gosh. The, the chick from Alias. Jennifer Garner? Jennifer Garner. Thank you. Um, they, uh, so she was on Conan O'Brien one night and, uh, uh, Conan said snuck, like I snuck in there and did something. And she said something to the effect of Colin, it sneaked. You went to Harvard. You should know that snuck's not a word <laughs> and whatnot. So he gets one of his interns to pull up a diction to grab a dictionary <laughs> snuck past tense to sneaked. <laughs> <laughs> and just like cackled like a madman for five minutes it was great yeah it's a classic all right um, let's finally get on go. to this uh gpu yeah. related story um so uh gpu relief i guess we could say maybe coming from a very unexpected source and that is not from amd nor nvidia nor crypto miners selling off their ill-gotten goods rather a chinese chip maker is getting very close to bringing to market a gtx 1080 competitor i'm going to say that again there's a non-amd non-nvidia gpu competitor that is about equivalent to a GTX 1080 or Vega 56. So definitely not anything to, to you know, stick your nose up at, uh, especially if you're a fan of, of budget series cards, if you're a, a 1650, 1650 Super, 2060, you know, if, if you've normally been in like the $300 price range, this might be something to get excited about. Uh, so uh, Zhao Xin is uh, trying to develop an x86 processor, and they've been making headway in uh, catching up with Intel and AMD both. Um, and GPUs are kind of now their new interest as well. Um, so scrolling down here, this is their, uh, they get about two teraflops of uh, floating point 32 performance, which is not incredible compared to some of the other cards. But eight gigabytes of GDDR5, PCI Express 3.0, clock speed of greater than 1500 megahertz, already compatible with uh, with Vulkan, OpenGL, OpenCL uh, platforms, and likely DirectX coming very shortly. Um, so yeah, I'm certainly interested in this one. I mean, yeah, with the with the number of uh, Hunan and Jingsha and 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 whatnot 
off-brand Chinese motherboards that I've I've done. I mean, I've built my channel on those. How could I not want to see what this thing does? So, if I can at all get a hold of one, oh, trust me, I will be getting a hold of one. Why not? What's right? there to lose? If anything, good for competition. At least a little bit. Yeah. Whenever there's competition, the consumer wins. We we know this. That's that's economics 102, <laughs> I guess. Economics 101 is how to build a monopoly. And economics 102 <laughs> is how to live in a world without monopolies. <laughs> yeah. See, it's interesting. China has a way with their manufacturing of like sneaking up on you. Yeah. Like, I don't know, maybe this makes me sound like an idiot, but, you know, it's like I'm kind of looking at TVs and all this sort of stuff, and I got gifted a TV, and it's, it's this brand I'd never heard of, right? TCL. And I'm like, what the heck is TCL? And I start looking at TVs. I'm like, oh, TCL is everywhere. Yeah, they're, they're a Shenzhen it, and it's like company. Yeah. Yeah. And they got 10% of the global market share on television. Yeah. So, like, how did I not hear about them until now? <laughs> um, so, TCL has traditionally been a... Uh, a budget brand, you'll see them at Walmart and Target and a couple other places like that. You're not going to see them in high-end magazines. You're not going to see them, you know, in... Uh, they'll show up in Best Buy occasionally, mainly for back Black Friday. Uh, that's but, where I went. Uh, that's, I saw them all at Black Friday. And I'm like, showing oh, my geez, age here. I said high-end magazines for some god-awful reason. Yeah. The, I'm reading about the latest for... TVs in... FML. TV Monthly. Mm -hmm. uh, television Aficionado. Yeah. Boomer spending way too much on a sound system, Inc. Right. Actually, it wouldn't be television aficionado. It would be televisionado. Televisionado. I don't think that's a word, Rhett. Nailed it. No, because it's... I don't don't uh, think that's a word. You put two words together. It's like a portmanteau. Portmanteau? Portmanteau? (laughs) Oh... Anyway, yeah, TCL's been around for for at least a decade. Um and uh they're not by any stretch of the imagination the best TV. No. But they're they deliver what they promise. They deliver, you know, 1080p and 4K screens. They deliver a decent contrast ratio. They re- deliver a decent brightness. Uh they're not going to shock the world with screen quality, but neither are anything less than the cream of the crop. You know, your LGs, your Samsungs and and so on. And so, yeah, for, for companies like Insignia and TCL, and you can even throw Vizio into that mix because 15 years ago, what the hell was Vizio? Um, you know, you get some pretty decent screen technology in there. And there's only a couple of companies making panels and... If you can make your own controller and do a halfway decent job at it, you can probably produce a decent TV. There we go. I guess we're in the TV business now. Right. You start your 3D printer right now, Jeff. It has been working overtime lately. <laughs> Even for me. Like, uh, the first month that I had my my 3D printer, it literally didn't stop printing. Night, That's good. day, whatever. Like, uh, like... I got my printer. I got it assembled. It took me about about 10 hours to assemble in total over two days. 
uh, got my gummy bears worth out of it. And uh, my first print was a Benchy. My second print was a set of uh, uh, COVID vaccination holders, uh, card holders, oh, right. uh, in the style of a multipass from the, th- from the fifth element, in which I, uh, I'm like, the bar they put on the side of it for the the lavalier is is just garbage. You know what? I'm gonna embed like a brass bar into it. So that's what I did. <laughs> nice. Um, so yeah, they got some awesome, awesome uh fifth element uh multipasses. Uh but I think my third print, other than like some a couple of like test prints and things, what was a full-size master sword. <laughs> <laughs> and I've not looked back. Heck yes. So. Yeah, uh, it's been off for about the last week and then, uh, gosh, it was like Thursday last week. I decided to, uh, I found myself a new project in which I've been like making various iterations of and actually designing my own parts. And that has been a heck of a lot of fun. And that video is coming up in probably about a week, maybe a week and a half's time. So. Make sure you're subscribed if you want to see how badly I can butcher a dual GPU video card <laughs> with a 3D printer. <laughs> Ooh, Andrew with a great question. $5. Thank you, Andrew, by the way. Uh, thoughts about Linus using an Epic class server with 90 terabytes in NVMe SSDs for his Plex server. That sounds like a job for an i3 spinning rust and a P400. Um... While you're not wrong, what exactly did that hardware cost him? Yeah, exactly. That's my question. Um, I'll counter you with this. My daily driver stack of virtual machines that I have on in my rack is Plex. Uh, That's the main one. Hold on. You know what? I'll pull up my list. I'll pull up my list right now, and I will read you everything that is turned on right this moment in my 32 core epic uh virtualization box you know the thing is too is you know like you said what does it cost linus i mean these are probably as jeff would say spare parts to linus and well they like to use the whole buffalo uh, and not let anything go to waste. If you have so. the parts, why not? So here is what is running <laughs> in my virtualization server right now. I am running my TrueNAS server in virtualization because I moved out over to, to virtualized. I'm running a Pi-hole server. Uh, I'm running a Pop! OS desktop uh, for times that I need a Linux desktop on demand. Uh, I'm running a VPN server for reasons. Um, I'm running my Plex server with PCI Express pass-through. Uh, I have a Minecraft server running for uh, my family and, and kids and stuff like that. I have my Windows deployment server, and that's it. Those are my those are my six. Like, that's it. And I've got 32 cores and 256 gigs of RAM devoted to that. Oh, and by the way, that doesn't include the 64 core Epic server that's sitting right below it. So now while I don't have 90 terabytes of NVMe, I did add 14 terabytes of SATA SSD uh, to my server like three days ago. And you'll be seeing that 
like tomorrow morning. So, uh, if he's got the hardware, why not? That that's always been my thing. Yeah, there's always more you can do with the hardware. Now, is the question: Is it overkill? Yeah, it's overkill. Mm -hmm. Nobody in their right mind needs that. I was I was running my services that I listed off on three dual Xeon. Uh, so I had two servers with 2650 V2s and another server with uh, dual 2667 V2s, which is the 3.5 gigahertz boosting eight core chips. Um, like I had a lot of processing power at my disposal and every single uh, server had either a P400 or a P620. Uh, for a while, Rhett was remoting in to an editing rig that was virtualized with the K620 pass, or the, sorry, P620 passed through. So four gigabytes of video memory, and I think I gave him half of my physical memory. I gave him 64 gigs, but I had 384 gigs of memory and three terabytes of solid state devoted to Pi-hole and a VPN server and a Plex server and a Windows deployment server and a couple other boxes. And that was it. Do you think I was utilizing my hardware to its fullest extent? Absolutely not. Uh, I was having fun. I was, I was learning. I was making sure I knew how everything worked and why it worked. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, I did this for a living for a number of years, but I didn't do it in Proxmox and I've, not really experimented with Proxmox clustering all that much. So that was fun. It was fun to be able to dive into that a little bit. And now I've gone back to a single Proxmox server that's running my entire home network. And eventually I'll probably expand that to two or three servers and then I'll probably consolidate it back down to one. And it's not because I need to. Oh God, I don't need to. I think I'm using like 3% of the, uh, um, uh, of my Epic 32 core. It's it's pathetic. Pathetic's not the word I'd use, Jeff. Yeah. Shut up, 16 core. <laughs> you can't talk anymore. No. <laughs> no, I can't. And I thank you for that. You've removed me from the long roster of talkers, Jeff. Yep. <laughs> I I saved you. <laughs> you did. And I'm going to tell you, I need all 16 cores to play Dota 2. No, <laughs> just kidding. Oh, no, I haven't played Dota 2 in years. <laughs> Seems like just yesterday. Oh, wait, it was three <laughs> days ago. <laughs> 640K is enough for most people. Uh, he was joking about installing... 100 gig networking in the house. Um, I wasn't. In fact, I fully looked into 100 gig networking about a year ago. Um, I was trying to, I got reached out to by a couple different networking companies. And they said, hey, we want you to promote our stuff. We've, we've seen you do, you've done a lot of 10 gig stuff and whatnot. And I said, cool, I want to run 40 gig to my office. And they went, eh. Fine. <laughs> yeah. I've got the audience for it. <laughs> it's only six grand in hardware come on i'll make you that in sales <laughs> scott says just kidding it's morrowind yeah 
<laughs> What's funny is I couldn't think of Morrowind fast enough. So I said Dota 2, which is, you know, I I did the math on it on my podcast a few years ago. So the math doesn't hold up, but it was like 2% of my waking life was spent playing Dota 2, um, which is just a weird, like a weirdly round figure for the amount of time that I've been alive. <laughs> yeah. At the Not even awake. Spent- <laughs> right exactly. just alive yeah yeah uh, it was like it, it's just like uh okay time 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 to do something else so yep uh Marland, as much as i love it doesn't even compare to the number of hours i've put in dota 2 like dota 2 probably easily has 10 times the amount of hours that i have in morrowind yeah <laughs> Uh, Daryl says, uh, I had to stop at 10 gigabit networking when wiring the house and couldn't come up with justification for more. Well, here's the deal. Um, I have a multi-mode fiber link between my office here and my server rack. Uh, right now it's running at 10 gig. The length that that fiber line is could easily run 100, might even scratch away 250. Um, and so I've got the overhead in the physical side of things. I just needed a PCI card and a switch that'll handle it. And, and I was good to go. Uh, I was prepared to like grab a couple of NVMe 4.0 drives and stripe them together just to get that kind of throughput because who doesn't want that? Yeah. So hopefully one day I'll be getting up to at least 40 gig. Um, I've, God, I almost pulled the trigger on some 40 gig hardware like six months ago, and I just didn't. It's like, I can't justify it. I, I, I can't justify it. What? Right? Were you okay? I, I was Did sober. Happened. <laughs> it's about all I can explain it with. Oh, boy. It's like Bender on Futurama. You're stone freaking sober. <laughs> I shouldn't make decisions when I'm stone cold sober. I don't know why. That's I, I, I've said this line like 50 times in the last like three weeks, but it's one of my favorites in Futurama where he's like, well, he's like, well, the alcohol recharges my fuel cells, you know? And he's like, well, why do you smoke? And he's like, because it makes me look cool. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that has just been right on the top of my mind so much the last couple of weeks. Oh, such a good show. All right. We do have a little bit of beer news to get to. Uh, Starting off with Sam Adams is now the official beer of Inspiration4, the first all-civilian spaceflight crew that will be piloting the Dragon, uh, courtesy of SpaceX. Drinkers can bid on uh, Jim Coach, or Jim Cock, Coach, Coke. I I can never, someone want to say that one for me? Uh, I was just say cock. Yeah, right. cock. That that's what it looks like. Coach, uh, signed number one bottle of 2021 Utopias for charity. Um, that sounds like a bottle we need to open on this show. That'd be great. I doubt I'm going to be able to afford it. <laughs> no, no, me neither. Yep. Uh, yeah. Available starting October 11th, the 12th biennial. Uh, edition of Utopias was finished on 2,000 pounds of cherries, including Michigan Bolitan cherries. 
uh, to bring a slight sweetness and touch of tart flavor to this 28% ABV variety. Uh, we're going to need to drive to Vancouver to pick that up. That's not too far. Yeah. And I've got time now. I mean, that's that's what's cool. That's true. Uh, basically, this article is about the Sam Adams Utopia with a slight mention that it's also the official beer of the Inspiration 4, which is the first all-civilian crew of the Dragon Capsule. Yeah, they just docked like yesterday, <laughs> the day before. Yeah. Cracked open a, uh, a keg there on the station and... Cook. Cook. No, it's Coke. Everybody's saying Coke. Coke. One guy said Coke. Yeah. I stand by mine. I stand by it. Y'all want to, you know what? Get your own camera. Get your own microphone. Mm, I'll stand by it. You know what? I respect that about you. Yeah, because no matter how wrong I am, I'm going to stand right by it. <laughs> you know what I wouldn't respect about you? Putting up PBR advertising in your house. <laughs> I, I think that's where I draw the line. Uh, so Pabst Blue Ribbon, yes, that Pabst Blue Ribbon will pay you to put up advertisements for Pabst Blue Ribbon in your house. Hmm. Dude, if they gave me like a neon light, I would hang that behind me every freaking Wednesday night. That'd be dope. Everybody wanted a PBR neon bar I, light. I, you know, everyone wanted a bar light. The 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 neon blue paps was not at the top of my list. There's a dude in Salem who has had a PBR neon sign hanging in his window for like 35 years. Yeah. Out, I think it went out last summer. Yeah. Everybody like posted on Reddit. They're like, is that guy okay? We need to get somebody out there to go make sure he's okay. <laughs> I lived right down the street from this dude for years and everywhere I went, because he was right by my bus stop, everywhere I went, I could see his light in the window. That would be dope. I want to be that guy. Yeah. I... There's a lot of... Like, I, I could very easily and happily hang a like a a blue moon neon sign behind me i'd be okay with that what do you got against pbr look all of it have to, you don't have to like the beer right i'm not a freaking pbr fanboy right like i can't even remember the last time i drank a pbr and look, I get it. And you're going to be like, okay, Red, but you're the guy that likes Rainier. And that's just a no, different I, story. No, I wasn't even going to go there. <laughs> what I was going to say is I have a deep-seated hatred for most things domestic brew because of the smell of cleaning a bottle room. Okay. I smell that smell, and I'm right back there Yeah. with my jackass managers. Like I'm, I'm getting, I'm reaching like arm deep, like you would with a cow, but into like a glass crushing machine. Uh, and I'm coming out with my arm, like scraped and, and covered and ripped up and goop. covered with sticky shards of glass. And my manager going, is the machine back up and running yet? We have like 38 cents to make. And, and that smell just comes rushing back. 
and and those memories come rushing back and okay. i just don't know well yeah it, it's a little the, bit of ptsd for me uh, the really that's and that's what and I was oddly say, enough like, not a i got so blackout drunk on pbr story like no. that's usually the reason no. for the alcohol like i avoid that like tequila like got, man if you got drunk on pbr you'd be a pbr fan <laughs> you're probably not wrong if you got you're not wrong. drunk on pbr you would be you would have a neon sign behind you right now um the problem is is it takes this space for sale yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay honestly as craft computing bullshit manager i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna i'm gonna fill out an application for pbr so we can get that spot no i need uh i need you to get me one of ninkasi's gold records I can do it. I, I want one of Ninkasi's gold records. When we build the new studio, I want one in that office. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm not asking I'm you. I'm telling you. No, no, it's going to happen. Jeff, I've never failed at anything in my life. Look at me. Look where I am. I cannot dispute that. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh, good Lord. And finally, Portland State's head coach, uh, Bruce Barnum, picks up the $14,448 tab for the Vikings game against Western Oregon University. So basically everyone in the stands drank for free that day. Which is kind of cool. Yeah, that is neat. Unfortunately, it was probably all Paps Blue Ribbon. I am a little irritated that like a college coach can afford to do that, but, um, and a double a college coach at that. Yeah. Are Playing they a triple a opponent. Like, right. Okay. Like, yeah, like gonna... this is division three or sorry, C or FCS. It, it's division two, uh, playing a division three opponent in Western Oregon university, which yeah. by the way, Western Oregon university is known for two things. Uh, making teachers and being small yeah and it's was in a dry is it still dry is is that town still dry no i think like as of 2012 or 2015 yeah. or something it's not but, but no no it, it's not dry anymore <laughs> right but it was since like right. prohibition like oh. it was a dry town oh yes they were one of the few holdouts in oregon yeah. So that was a really weird. You had all these college students there that would mm -hmm. cross town lines because, you know, there was another little little frontier town that butted up right against it and they were crossed over, you know, and it was like literally just it's literally like three intersections. Yeah. yeah. Once you cross this intersection, you're good to buy beer. Go to the next town over. Yeah. They share roads like they do. Like yeah, first no. street runs into third street like, oh, I'm I'm very familiar there. I know. <laughs> I used to live out that way, and I would go and see all my movies out there because it was like yeah, a little bit of a drive, but like the theaters were empty and they were cheaper because it was like a independent movie theater. So. Yeah, yeah. No, I love it out there. Aside from like you know being a clan holdout, but uh... <laughs> just just one thing, just one little yeah. Oh no, all the towns down in that area, they're all. Yeah. <laughs> well, the guy that opened the Capitol doors in Oregon on December 21st to 2020. Yeah. Um, he, that's, that's his district. <laughs> I know.
God. The first person in state uh, legislative history to have been um, removed from his position. Yep. By Who a, knew a you couldn't let a bunch vote. of insurrectionists into the Capitol <laughs> building? <laughs> I know. I always feel bad, but like, he's like, okay, guys, I open the doors. We're yeah. going to pray about this. And they're like, no, we ain't. <laughs> I was like, what did you expect to happen, dude? Uh, Not to bring politics into this, but uh, you realize Salem had an insurrection about 12 days before the Capitol yeah. had an insurrection, yeah, right? It, did. it was, dude, it was crazy. I was working yeah. across the street at the time. I was like, what the heck is going on? And we, I went down there, man, and right as they had broken in. Yeah. And... Uh, it was wild. The videos that came out of that. I took some videos. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I didn't go down I, there because I, I had no reason to already be there. <laughs> so. I took some I took some videos that were retweeted by the science fiction author James S.A. Corey, who wrote The Expanse. He was like, look at this shit in Salem, Oregon. And I was like, I know that's my video. <laughs> so pay there me. you go. <laughs> yeah. Should have been like, pay me or. I don't know. Subscribe to my podcast. Yeah. Come watch craft computing. Right. Um, he loves YouTube. He watches famous YouTubers. So <laughs> I, I guess I'm getting there. <laughs> like, I was going to say he watches a certain YouTuber. I mean, I was like, oh, wait, that YouTuber has 1.5 million. I mean, subs, I'm approaching so. a quarter million. I'm not, I'm not Dude, small potatoes. Pretty, pretty impressive. It's legit. It it's does legit. always irritate me a little I'm bit. Still, now. I'm still a, uh, a, a C celebrity, but, you know, some it, people know of my work. See, it, it used to never bother me, but like, you know, now that I'm on payroll, it bothers me a little bit when I see when I see video, uh, you know, content creators, their YouTube channel is six months old and now they've crossed 250,000 subs. I'm like, what the hell? No. <laughs> <laughs> so so i love trying to prop up some of the younger some of the the younger channels um uh gosh uh my costnist i i believe is how you say that uh i've been digging a lot of his stuff lately basically like like a man after my own heart doing a bunch of chinese x79 content and diving even deeper into it than i did um like he's got like 16 or 18 thousand subscribers and dude puts out pretty solid content and and whatnot, it's like, that's cool. I, I love that kind of stuff. And yeah. some of the smaller 3D printing channels and and some of the uh, like handheld review, like gaming centric, like like Ambernet clones and, and stuff like that. Like totally, like I, I'm all on board for stuff like that. Like uh, Retro Game Core has uh, like 75,000 subscribers. I watch them all the time. Yeah. And then, and then I pe see people like Zach Friedman and and I love watching Zach Friedman. Uh, he does a lot of 3D printing and engineering. He did a lot of like one-off prototyping stuff uh, for a job. And then when 2020 hit, no one wanted to spend money on new things anymore. He goes, oh, I better figure out a way to make some income still. And so he started a YouTube channel and already has like 270,000 subscribers, like like just up and past me in less than a year. It's like, what the hell, man? Yeah, <laughs> I thought yeah. we were friends. <laughs> No, it's cool. I, you know, I always try to tell people it's like, um, 
like like in my day job career field you know a lot of people are like well aren't you aren't you worried about losing business or aren't you doing this and it's like you know like sure maybe if if i wasn't good at what i did or wasn't confident like i could see that being like a reasonable stance to take but honestly like i want the good people to excel because if they excel and they do better than i do it only helps me it really does right like um you know a rising tide lifts all boats i mean i don't know i'm i'm of that works in youtube but not in economics yeah like yeah <laughs> probably not an eco well i don't know even then probably not depends but, on how far down the chain you are <laughs> but literally in a tide that's rising the boats all go up at this now i'm kidding uh <laughs> but i understand uh, the phrase Rhett. i i've always subscribed to the more the merrier uh school of thought yes um, like you know i remember being in a band you know 10 years ago and i was just like i'm not out here to sabotage anybody i'm not here to do anything like any band that i think is cool that i can get help get a spot on a show or any person i can help get a spot on a band or do this that or the other thing or anybody i can help get paid like i'm gonna do it like it doesn't matter like i don't mm -hmm. want to hold out anybody because maybe maybe that artist or that content creator or this worker like maybe i don't gel with them now but then i give them the chance and two years from now they blossom into something like cool and new and unique like something i could never and maybe do. you're working like, for like right exactly maybe i'm working for them exactly but that's <laughs> the other thing like if it's if it's something you if they grow into something unique like and they and they excel at that like that's not ever going to be something that i can do either you know right um I mean, there's only there's only one Jeff of craft computing out there. And while there might be a thousand tech tube channels, like nobody is doing Jeff content. Um, and I think like, you know, if everybody kind of got on board with that, like, I don't know, you know, I understand being cutthroat, I understand being all that, but it's just not the school of thought. Cutthroat doesn't work in tech. We're all on the same side, regardless no, of the content yeah. we're doing. Um, and by the way, you're going to want to tune in because I have one heck of a cool video coming up along with a custom 3D print and, uh, and whatnot. See? Yeah. Videos is only Jeff can do them. That's right. That's what's up. I designed See? that shroud from scratch. Plus, it's a lot more fun to show up to a party at these big shows and get along with people. That is dope. That looks so good. It looks so good, right? <laughs> but it's so much more fun to show up to a party and get along with people and have a good time. Like, nobody wants to be, like, backstabbing or cutthroat and no. at a party. Like, just show up have fun, man. Like, yeah. these people are your colleagues. Anyway. I'm going to get you that gold record. That's all I can say. I, and if you can swing it, I want Dawn of the Red. <laughs> like, like if I got to choose one, it's either Triceratops or Dawn of the Red. And God damn it, you know, it's Dawn of the Red. Okay. Good deal. I've, um, they, they, they replied to me on Twitter one day when I took a picture of one of the Dawn of the Red gold records that I found around town. And I went, how do I get one of these? And they went, LOL. And I went, no, I'm serious. <laughs> Jeff, we both know I've got a silver tongue and I, I know how to use it. And that's exactly why I hired you for that silver email tongue. <laughs> Completely digital. Only digital. Only Honestly, digital. 
put me in front of a camera, I freeze up. <laughs> Worthless. <laughs> oh, I've got plenty of footage on that. You want to bring out bloopers? <laughs> I've got like 30 minutes of you trying to give a breakdown of the Intel press conference in 2018. Yeah, you should throw those up. I'll edit them into something funny. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. What, what, do you think that I have shame, Jeff? You think that I have shame? I lost all mine years ago. <laughs> have you seen my Manscaped ads? Uh, <laughs> I told you there was somebody that reached out and they're like, hey, we saw the Manscaped ad and maybe we were thinking you guys could do something similar. It's like, hell yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry, that was a one-off. <laughs> Sorry, I only shave one company's tomatoes. That's right. <laughs> uh, my office smelled like dill for a week. <laughs> it was worth it. Worse things it was totally it worth be. it. The number of times I've had to set up a camera pointed into my bathroom and my wife goes, what are you doing? And I said, never mind. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I'm making money, okay? Uh, it's at least twice for Manscaped. Anyway, uh, we do have some breaking news as of yesterday. Uh, and that is Sir this Patrick is cool. Stewart. Uh, had this is this is so cool. This is so cool. Had once claimed that he is done with the role of Professor Xavier. Uh, well, it turns out that may not have been true, as there is a new leaked poster, official poster. Oh, it looks so dope. Showing one Professor Xavier on the poster of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Now, we know the X-Men and, and all the Marvel characters that we know and love, or that you all got introduced to in the last eight years, uh, you know, live in the same universe, right? Uh, well, they're about to get a whole lot closer. And I could not be more proud and thrilled to see Professor Xavier headlining a Doctor Strange movie. Hell yes, right? Oh, this is going to be so dope. This is, um, this is what's great. And I was stoked. I've been stoked about the Multiverse of Madness since Scott Derrickson and C. Robert Cargill were attached to it. Scott Derrickson, the, uh, well, he directed Doctor Strange yeah. and C. Robert Cargill wrote it. They're partners. And they come from like small horror films. Like they did Sinister, I think. Like, and they got to go and do doctor strange and when they got greenlit to do the second one they're like you know what we're horror fans i think we want to make multiverse of madness a horror film which i was like that's gonna be insane yeah. anyway, they got removed from it uh Raimi is on it now but like dude Raimi gave us spider-man 2 one of the finest superhero movies of all time like seriously i'm a i'm giving him the benefit of the doubt all the way through 
Um, I mean, how memeable is Spider-Man one to begin? Like, I'm something of a scientist myself. Um, right. Back to formula, you know, what a great movie. Anyway, I, I know I said Spider-Man two and then quoted Spider-Man one, but they're both fantastic. Anyway, one doesn't have, diminish from the other. Right, exactly. So to have Raimi doing this, one, but only in order. to like oh, to bring in like one of the stars of that era of superhero movies. Yeah. Because like X-Men and X2, oh, oh, kiss. Oh, you know? so good. So good. And first of all, it's it's no secret. I love Doctor Strange. He's always been one of my favorites. And the film, amazing. Watching him in Avengers, amazing. His freaking role in the new Spider-Man trailer, amazing. Dude, I'm all for it. So you're going to tell me that Professor X is coming in here? He's going to wheel up in his wheelchair, and they're going to, like, duke it out with some freaking, you know, awesome villain that only, uh, you know, Doctor Strange can beat with some awesome, uh, you know, game or trick or, or, oh, it's going to be so dope. I, I can't wait. John is trying to get me to open the the Trinity Strawberry Ale, because uh, because my glass is dry. I'm not gonna lie; I thought about it, but I'm gonna try to be somewhat responsible tonight. I'm gonna try. Uh, no, just so a couple of people are chiming in. Doesn't that just look like a Photoshop from existing footage? Uh no, I will say it does not at all. I don't remember Professor Xavier wearing that particular outfit, whether it be in Days of Future Past or X1 through 3 or any of the other number of films that he was in as Professor Xavier. Uh, also, it is Professor Xavier. It is not Professor Xavier. It's Xavier. The name's always Xavier. Who's? Does anybody say the name Xavier Xavier? I have no idea, but it's always Xavier. Yeah. The people I know in real life named Xavier go by Xavier. <laughs> right. Um, Not yeah, going to lie, that's currently on top of the leaderboard for names come December. So. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good name. <laughs> it's already up there, man. It's going to be dope. I'm not going to lie. Like, obviously, I've always loved Patrick Stewart. Always loved him as Professor X. But like, dude, his role in Logan so sick and so oh, this like resurgence that he's having of like visiting some of these roles like i'm all there I'm i all there. i loved him and logan like like yeah. he was phenomenal as professor x anyway yeah in logan he was otherworldly he was so so good in that role um and while i may not have been the biggest fan of star trek picard i was still very much a fan of star trek picard i liked the direction that they went i liked the story that they told i think it could have been in four episodes instead of ten um and i've said that before i think it could have been in maybe six episodes instead of ten uh a lot of shows these days but i'm not at all disappointed with the overall direction and the story and everything else that that went into that show and patrick was great throughout it uh there was never a moment i didn't go he's just cash or i i went he's just cashing a paycheck he's not actually jean-luc picard it's like no it's freaking jean-luc picard um kren ring ring the trinity is calling <laughs> uh i can't i can't 
Yep. Just can't. Not going to open it. I will open something else, though. Tell you what, Rhett, if you want to introduce the next story, did you read that one at all? If oh. not, if not, you can talk about whatever, and I'm going to grab yeah, the one on Twitter. No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah the, the Sweeney uh, story. Yeah, how could I how could I forget about the Sweeney story? It's right here in front of me. It's coming up. So uh, I've got a tweet in front of me. Late last night, Apple informed Epic that Fortnite will be blacklisted from the Apple ecosystem until the exhaustion of all court appeals, which could be as long as a five-year process. And he captures a letter here, and it says, um, God, from Gary Bornstein. Doo -doo 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 -doo. Dear Gary, I'm responding to your recent request that Apple reinstate Epic's developer program account, which was terminated for cause last year. Epic committed an intentional brief of contract and breach of trust by concealing code from Apple and making related misrepresentations and omissions. And this decision, uh, the court recognized that Apple had contractual rights to act as it did and merely enforce those rights. Blah, 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 blah. Following that decision, Mr. Sweeney has publicly said that Epic, quote, wouldn't trade an alternative payment system a way to get Fortnite back on iOS. In light of this and other statements since the court's decision, coupled with Epic's duplicitous conduct in the past, Apple has exercised its discretion not to reinstate Epic's developer program at this time. Furthermore, Apple will not consider any further requests for reinstatement until the district court's judgment becomes final and non-appealable. Um, so yeah, it sounds like uh, they're kind of going back on what they said and what we've been seeing. Um, yeah, uh, so... The most interesting take I heard on this entire lawsuit was probably by Linus that Apple won and lost and Epic won <laughs> and they also lost. Like this was literally the best and worst outcome for both companies because yeah. of the injunctions that took place because of the, um, I mean, essentially Epic Games got fined $6 million for breach of contract, but Apple said, you can't do that in your contracts. Uh, and then they said, Epic, you have to play by the rules and Apple, you also have to play by fair rules. And so they said, okay, well, we'll reactivate our, our Epic Games uh, developer account and we'll resubmit Fortnite and we'll be good to go. And then they sent uh, Apple sent them a message back and said, no, we're not going to reinstate Epic into the App Store until all of the appellate courts have made their decisions. Yeah. 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 The only winners in this lawsuit are the lawyers. Yeah, I'd definitely be looking at that and saying like, oh, good, I've got work for the next five years. <laughs> right. Um, I don't know. This is the problem with big companies. So, so people are saying they want to see Rambo again. Here's the problem: is Rambo is a cat. I don't know if you guys knew that. He really Wait, do you guys doesn't know about cats. He really does do whatever he wants to do and doesn't want to cooperate with what I want to do, which is why he's in so few videos. Like if he's on the video in the intro of a video. He'll sit there and he'll sit there pretty calmly. But by the time I've moved on to welcome back to craft computing, he is long gone. Yeah. I should make my cat 
famous on the on Talking Heads. You can try. She came down a couple of weeks ago when I was on, but she was annoying, so I shoot her. Not sh- not shot her, just shooed her. Interested on your in your thoughts on walled gardens? Uh, not for them. Why would I be for them? Uh, great for lack of spyware. Not even then. It's just monopolized spyware. We can spy on you, but only us. Uh, uh, but no alternatives. And yeah, the problem with a lack of competition is a lack of innovation and incentive to be better. Uh, beyond one's own personal desires. The only reason a developer for Epic Games would have an incentive to be better is for their own paycheck and to create a good product that they could be proud of. But if Epic has other motivations, then those developers' motivations are counter to that. So, yeah. Uh, Am I for a walled garden? Absolutely not. I've never been for walled gardens. I've always been for... It's your hardware and the software is a different layer that you should be able to do whatever you want to do with. It's always been my opinion. Um, Have I bought into walled gardens before? Absolutely, I have. But doesn't mean it's right. Doesn't mean I'm happy. Cats are a-holes. Yep. Pretty sure Rambo's your manager. Uh, He often sits in the chair opposite me. And so if I'm working at this desk, he will sit in that office chair. And when I'm working at that desk, he will sit in this office chair. And he'll stare at me. So yes, he's making sure I'm on task. Nothing wrong with that. Yep. Uh, I try to keep my cat out of the office, but can't always help it. Yep. Uh, beer number three, KCBC Brewing. Uh, this is Fourth Orbit Double IPA, eight point zero percent. That is Kings County Brewers Collective. They are up in Midstate Jeff. New York, eight percent. That's strong. You know, I I met you guys two thirds of the way there. That's all I'm saying. I brought a Lacroix, but it's warm now. And if I drink anything else, I won't be able to make it till we sign off to go to the bathroom. So, oh, that looks delicious. Oh my God. Right? Damn yeah, you're not complaining about the 8% again, are you? No. That looks good. Dang it. Yes. If only I wasn't so well hydrated today. Andrew says, now I'm sad. It's a Photoshop job of the uh, Days of Future Past costume. I even found the stock image they used. Huh? Who cares? Well, that's that means no Professor X. No, I think it might be a thing. I hope it's a thing. I really, I, I want, and I will, I will will this into being a thing. I want Professor Xavier in Multiverse of Madness. Me too. I mean, this was confirmed in over a month ago. 
So the fact that it's popping up again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe that image is is kaput, but I literally just Googling is Professor X and Doctor Strange 2. The first seven results for me are from August 26th. Yeah. Or there's about. Yeah. Uh, Professor X is in Doctor Strange 2. Our scoop confirmed. Doctor Strange 2 leak reveals MCU's incredible first X. James McAvoy to return as Professor X and Doctor Strange 2. Interesting. Oh, wouldn't that be so dope if we got James McAvoy and Patrick Stewart? I mean, we did in Days of Future Past, and wasn't that a great ride? I loved that movie. I didn't see it. Oh, you got to see that one. I should, because I love James McAvoy and Patrick Stewart. Yeah. So, got to check it out. Got to check it out. Yeah, no, I, I I thought that was a great movie. Um, not quite as good as First Class, but it, it it's almost more compelling than First Class. I, I thought it told a better uh, story than the Cuban Missile Crisis. I thought it... Uh, I feel the premise is better, yeah. Like I felt the, the premise was a lot better, and I felt it told a, a little bit better story, maybe with slightly worse narrative, if that makes any sense. Right. Yeah, like it's just not as good of a movie, but it's right. like, yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of like bad movies that have very compelling right. reasons to watch. Like yeah. I used to do podcasts on 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 like B movies that you couldn't take your eyes off of because mm-hmm. they were compelling and they were fun and there were pieces of it that were great. And uh I, I that's why I like movies, you know? Yeah. Because you might have it might be a horrible movie, generally speaking but there's parts of it that you can really cling on to. I don't know. I haven't seen days of future past. I did see first class. I was kind of unimpressed with first class, but um, that was kind of the, you know, that's kind of the, the way it goes with X-Men movies kind of around that time. So, I mean, not that first class was like horrible by any means, just like, eh, you know, Right. I, I liked First Class. I thought uh, uh, McAvoy did a phenomenal job mm-hmm. as Professor X, both creating his own character and not leaning too hard on what Patrick Stewart did with Professor X. Um, you know, I, I thought he did a, a pretty remarkable job given, you know, the likely focus that would be placed on him. Uh same thing with uh with Ian McKellar. Uh opposite gosh, what's the future past Magneto or first class yeah. Magneto? Yeah. Um God, I can see his face. Yeah. He's in Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. He's great in Inglorious Bastards. It's a great movie. <sighs> um but yeah, I, I thought both pairs of actors did fantastic jobs of Fassbender. Yes. Michael Fassbender. Yeah. God, uh that's gonna kill me. <laughs> uh yeah you know what that aneurysm is for four years from now i know yeah <laughs> uh no both actors did an amazing job of making the characters their own while still paying proper homage to the character themselves um and not just like carbon copying ian mckellar and patrick stewart mckellen but yeah ian mckellen sorry ian mckellar sorry 
I mean, that's the thing, like McKellen, that's what's kind of fun is that like McKellen and Patrick Stewart both came out of like the English acting tradition and they have their own stage presences. And Michael Fassbender and James McAvoy, while not exactly the same age, they come out of a different generation of like English theater tradition. And so yeah. it's kind of fun to see them pick it up. Like Fassbender himself, man, that guy's got theater presence. Oh, like, yeah. He is, he's a powerful actor. And not that McAvoy is. And McAvoy, I think, is much more adapted to the silver screen um, than Fassbender is. But like they both just have this way of sucking you in and keeping you there. I mean, yeah. Like one of my, I mean, Inglorious Bastards doesn't have a bad scene in it, but the first scene with Michael Fassbender when he, you know, Operation Kino, you know, tell us about your, you know, your two publications. It's like, oh, I've written about German cinema through the 1928 or whatever. Like, what I don't even know what he's saying, but it's such a gripping scene, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Man, I need to go back and watching glorious bastards again uh dude that's like a regular reoccurrence in my house watching nazis like get lit on fire and stuff yeah doesn't get better than that <laughs> it's so good you want to talk about one of the best opening scenes of any movie nothing there's almost not a single opening I'm like and this is the thing i i i it's it's comparable to Pulp Fiction's opening scene, which like you don't know anything about these characters yet. They grip you. Yeah. They grip you. They seem so mundane in a way. And they don't let go. Pulp Fiction was excellent for that. But like, um, yeah, Inglorious Bastards, when um Christoph Waltz comes in, man, like I'm pretty sure that was like his first English speaking role. <laughs> and they could have literally just kept the camera on him the whole time. Yeah. Like he's that good. I mean, he was, the, he was so good that after that, like uh, Tarantino was like, Hey, you should come literally star in the next movie I'm doing. Yeah. Um, which he was also great in Ferdinand and glorious bastards because um, Colonel Hans Landa is just a dark compelling yeah character anyway great movie anybody who hasn't watched it you know this if you is can my horse oh, i love that movie uh, i think it's going to be a tarantino fest over here at my house tomorrow yeah you can't go wrong man i even love uh you know django is really good django holds up but i yeah. even love uh hateful eight a bunch of people gave it crap, oh i i loved hateful eight it's, I thought it was fantastic. Uh, yeah, I know. And you watch it and then you go play Red Dead Redemption 2 and you're like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, Hateful Eight was a f fantastic movie, I thought. I'm glad you say that. Yeah, because I, I, it's kind of an uphill battle over here for me. I got it like, I really got to defend my, my like of that movie. I don't, I don't think you should. I don't think you should have to defend it. I, I think... You. I liked it when I first saw it. I went and saw it in theaters. I unfortunately couldn't get to see it in uh, in Chroma. I couldn't get to see the uh, the actual film, 124 millimeter production of it. Right. Uh, I so wanted to, but the closest one was San Francisco. It's like, Ugh. yeah, come on, yeah. Um, but no, I loved. They had that a movie. 70 millimeter showing 
up at the yeah i don't know what was that the aladdin theater in portland or something but was it aladdin or was it uh one of those yeah it was the hollywood theater or... i think it was hollywood yeah yeah yep yeah they had quite a few uh film showings around but yeah the the big one was down in in cali yeah. it's like naturally <sighs> yep yep that would have been fun could have been could have been golden yep zachary solace 25 dollars. thank you zach uh, I do have a question, but I'll save it for the super awesome after hour. Just wanted to show, uh, just wanted to show the love. Thank you so much. And yeah, if you want to take part in the super awesome and super secret after party, think about joining the Patreon or float plan. Links are both down in the video description. You'll get exclusive access to my discord server. We're hanging out with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from talking heads. And especially on Wednesday night, catch us live on video chat. Ask us questions, get to know us a little bit better, and uh, hang out and crack a brew way too early on a Thursday morning. Heck yeah. Or if you're an Australian getting off work, perfect timing. We have a lot of them too. Uh, Andrew wants to know for $5, excited about the new Dune movie. I am. Marginally Uh, excited. Marginally excited. uh, Dennis Villeneuve's... um, kind of complaints about cinema and theaters and blah, 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 like have kind of really turned me off. Um, and then I, I've, I've read a lot of like early accounts that are saying like it, it, it tries to grab the spirit of the books, but it does a great job with the setting and a lot of the overarching premises, but like the actual like movie itself is just not that great. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm excited because like, I love all the actors and the people that got attached to it. And Dillis, uh, Dillis, Dennis Villanova, or however you say his last mm-hmm. name, I'm so sorry. He's like one of my favorites. Like he did Arrival, which is one of my favorites. He did Blade Runner 2049, which is really great. Um, <clears throat> I think that there is a lot of potential. I just, I, yeah, I don't know. This, this, this uh, movement of these cinematic directors, like really kind of crapping on what the movie going experience is. Like when he said that, I was like, dude, this dude has never been to a, like a, a public theater like this dude has never gone and had somebody shine their phone in in their face and an integral moment or like had to listen to some asshole struggle with his bag of skittles or like (laughs) you know what i mean it's like you go to a public movie theater and it's great to watch a movie on the big screen but like it's not always a great it's not the cinema Right. right. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's not this sacred thing. It was 30 years ago or more like, and this dude's so rich. He goes to like, he could get a private screening anywhere he wants at any time. Like, yeah. Yep. Anyway. All right. We got one last, uh, thought, uh, Alice sends over $5. Thank you very much, Alice. Uh, have either of you seen the death of Stalin? Very funny, dark comedy based on the French graphic novel. I have not. Um, I have not seen it. I have heard of it, and I heard I, it was yeah. fantastic. I was um, just looking at it on Hulu, maybe the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, uh, you know my my film friends, my cinema friends, all <laughs> love Death. The of cinema. I just, yeah, I just haven't got there yet. But you know, maybe maybe Phallus is recommended. I got to put it. Rhett has way more uppity friends than I do. Yeah, I do actually. You but do. <laughs> it's not necessarily a good thing. <laughs> We were meeting the congressman the other day, and you'll never believe what his wife said to me. 
We were meeting the congressman down at the yacht club, Jeffrey. <laughs> we were on the Willamette River. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. How far did your paddle boat get you? Not far enough. <laughs> And on that note, this has been episode 202 of Talking Heads. Every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Pacific time right here on YouTube. Make sure to subscribe to Craft Computing if you haven't done so already. Drop this video a like. I have no idea why I'm going in reverse order. <laughs> subscribe to the Patreon or the Floatplane if you like the content you see on this channel and want to see more of it, including some exclusive behind the scenes and the opportunity to chat with myself, John Restive, all the hosts from Talking Heads. And... Just like always, we will see you next Wednesday right here at 8 p.m. Pacific time for the latest in beer and tech news. Later, all. Cheers, everybody. See you at the after.